0: to LOA Today. Walt Heeson and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, January 24th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, our first daily dose of happy for the day. And uh, we are off to... Uh, New start with a new weather pattern today, Cindy, because I didn't really tell you before the podcast, but we have black ice this morning, so I am really, really, really glad to be inside doing a podcast instead of being outside. I have to say that makes me very happy by comparison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I hear you. I, explain to me what black ice is. I have lived mainly in two places my entire life. So The first half of my life, I was in California and not in the part of California that gets any kind of snow. And then now I'm down in Louisiana, um, and we don't really get snow or cold weather, although this year we got a little bit of it. Um, But my sister, who lived in the Midwest where there was lots of snow where she lived, had talked about black ice, and I hear that. Tell me what it is.
0: Black ice is so-called because it's ice on asphalt, on, on, on blacktop, that you can't see. And you can't see it because it doesn't have that, that whitish crystalline look to it. It's just like water, um, except that it's ice. Okay. And what makes black ice particularly dangerous is that it's it's a thin layer of ice with a thin layer of water floating on top of it. Well, water on top of ice is just pure lubrication. There is absolutely no way to have any footing on it. There's no way to break on it. I mean, when you're in contact with it, you are just sliding and you're completely out of control. So it's actually a very dangerous situation. And, you know, in the northern states, all the states are always interested in making sure that they're sanding or or putting down materials to melt that ice and and make it safe for the roads, because otherwise we'd have a lot more weather-related accidents than we do. Um, so, okay,
1: so the the big problem with it is that visually it just doesn't really look like anything and you don't know about it until you're sliding around on it. Right,
0: yeah, you can't see it. Um, I mean, you can when you know what to look for, but your first initial vision of it is, oh, it looks like the, the road might be a little bit wet. and It's like, you know, that dark, dark, dark black color, but that's all you really can tell. And then you get to it you're like, whoa, what happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, I... I I remember, um, and I was a relatively new driver. Uh, we did have a little bit. It, it certainly wasn't that icy, but the roads were just a little bit slick, um, and my car just hydroplaned just a little bit. But I don't like that feeling at all. Oh no, nobody
0: <laughs> does. It's it's a scary yeah. feeling. you can actually it takes have you by surprise. Oh, it definitely does. You you can actually have black light black ice. Excuse me, on concrete. Obviously, it isn't black at that point, but it is similarly mm-hmm. invisible. So you see the concrete. It doesn't really look like there's any ice on it. You put your foot on it, and, whoa, there is no traction at all. So it can be equally dangerous. That's how you can have injuries on stairways. But, um, yeah, black ice is black ice is one of the most common reasons, for instance, in the early morning when schools might either close or open up a, a couple hours later just because they're trying to give the highway departments time to, to – uh, sand everything down or salt it or whatever they're using
1: so how how warm does it need to get for that to start taking care of itself
0: uh fairly warm especially this time of year because even if the temperatures get up into the mid-30s and even the early the low 40s the ground below it is is frozen usually by this time of year and so when the ground is frozen that means the ice on that ground is going to melt slower so what you really need is not so much temperature. What you need is sunlight, because sunlight will melt it a lot faster.
1: And you were saying that it's actually a layer of ice with a layer, a little layer of water on top of it. So yeah. I guess that even compounds the problem. Sometimes when it starts to melt a little bit, maybe it's. Even-
0: um, I don't know. It might. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. It, that that could very well be. All I know is that uh, when when you have black ice, you want sunlight, because with sunlight, the black ice doesn't last very long. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was interesting, you know, I was saying we don't have too much of, we don't have too much cold weather here, but in the last couple of weeks, we actually have, and one day, the way the sunlight was hitting the ground, um, it was coming over the top of a roof line, and hitting the ground, so there was a little bit of shade, and and then this very distinct line where the sun was hitting, and it was still really cold outside in, in the 30s, but the difference in the... Little tiny layer of snow. I mean, it was just completely gone everywhere where the sun had touched. <laughs> it looked mm. so funny because it, you wouldn't think the temperature would be that different, but right. it was just enough to keep it frozen under all the places where the sun couldn't. Oh yeah. Me, so. well, and, I'm and I'm glad you're inside and in warm. Me too.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And, and and by the way, I don't mean to imply that sun. In, when there's sunlight, there's no risk with black ice. There is still a risk. It's just that's when the melting is happening. So right. you, you can still have black ice when the sun is out um it's it, but when it's cloudy it's it's going to melt a lot more slowly unless the temperature is well up into the 40s then it'll melt fairly, fairly quickly but uh yeah it's 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 not a happy thing so you're right i am very glad to be inside today this is a good day to do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good and hopefully you'll get some some warm weather and get to get to get out when it's appropriate and not when it's icy
0: and we should talk about wins for a little bit because we actually have a good win going on. We're up to—I I actually haven't checked the numbers. I think we have our forty-fourth author for the book, so we're, we've got just six spots left to fill. And wow, yeah, it's—it's it's really happened quite quickly. I mean, t- from my perspective, it's like—it's like pulling teeth trying to, to figure how long it's going to take to make this happen. But as I look at it, I mean, it's only been like two or three weeks. It hasn't been very long at all. <laughs> but it sometimes no, seems like it, you know.
2: Really
1: been fast. It's really been quick. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I said this to you in the beginning, I was like, wow, this is an aggressive timeline. Like it, from my perspective, I was like, I think this is, you know, uh, <laughs>
2: far too
0: aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I wasn't know.
1: too sure that, but wow, you brought it together so quickly. So <laughs> that speaks to your, uh, that just speaks to your being aligned with this with this process, you know, being aligned with the idea.
0: Well, thank you. It also shows just how different perceptions can be because you think it's been really fast, and I feel like it's been teeth not gnashingly slow.
1: Well, you know, it's <laughs> interesting. I mean, we, I guess we, we do this a lot, and we were talking yesterday about, you know, letting go of judgment. But, I mean, a friend of mine, we're talking about this. We judge everything, and we compare everything, right? It's like, oh, isn't this... Isn't this tea good? Yeah, it's better than the one I had last time. You know, there's it's, it's always this comparison going oh, yeah. on.
2: Yeah. But
1: all I had to compare it to was similar projects I've been involved in where where it was a much longer timeline. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so I'm thrilled to see it go this fast and to see, and, and I'm sorry that it's feeling like pulling teeth
2: <laughs> for you, but it's,
1: but it is really quick. And I think that it coming together fast just, when we have things work out in a way that that is easy, you know, relatively easy, i always think, well, i mean that just that kind of shows us the alignment because when we're not aligned it's it's always more of a
2: struggle,
0: oh, I agree. In fact, I would say that probably most similar projects like this do take a long time, and I think they probably do take a long time because of the fears that are involved because there are a lot of fears to be you know drawn upon If you really want to connect into fear, there are a lot of opportunities with a project like this. So I can see how you know projects could take months, even years to to complete just because you're dealing with fear and you know. Put 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 the principles of law of attraction aside. Just the fear that keeps you from moving from day to day and saying, "Oh, I can't deal with this for the next week or so," or you know, "Oh, well, I have lots of time. My deadline is three months from now, so I just won't even think about it." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that kind of thing's got to happen all the time. Um, sure, so,
1: and and people are busy. Yep. And yep. We we are most of us are juggling a lot of things, and so that one thing that can be put off is the thing that gets put off, and. You know, if the deadline's way out there, then that's the thing we'll put off. Oh yeah, generally. which was you part know? of
0: my reason for wanting to make a short deadline anyway, because I wanted to build the energy up. I mean, I wasn't trying to turn it into a stress situation, and I knew there was a risk of that. Um, but what I was trying to do is get you know the excitement going. Like, this is going to happen right now. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> and I think it's well, worked. Well, and
1: you told a great story, right? I mean, that's the story you created. Yeah. And it and now it's that's the story that's being written. It's 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 just coming to pass so I think it it's such a powerful example of one of the ideas that I like to remember and that is alignment first
2: yes we always
1: get caught up in the process of something how we're going to do something even when it's even you know we talk about don't focus on the hows in law of of attraction but Mm -hmm. we focus on how's all the time and it's okay I mean if I'm going to do a project I need to figure out how and yet very first thing on the list needs to be to be in alignment with it happening easily and effortlessly and all coming together the way I want it and the outcome the way I want it. When I can get my energy into alignment with that and start telling that story and getting excited about that, then the hows are the easy part. And so alignment first, that's the most important thing. And so many people in business, in in any project it's like the hows get focused on first. Okay, let's make an outline. Let's set a deadline. Let's create how we're going to do this. And they put the alignment afterwards. After after things start feeling like a struggle, then it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> mm. But if alignment comes first, so much easier.
0: I agree. And, and, in fact, the whole thing about hows did confuse me for quite some time. Um, and I had plenty of problems with the hows. What I finally realized is the problem isn't actually the hows. The problem is getting hung up on the house. I mean, if you just ask, how is it going to work? You say, here's how it's going to work. You say, okay, great. Then the house aren't a problem. But right. if, you, if you start you know, sweating the details of oh, how are we going to do this? So let's see, how are we going to do that? Oh God, how are we going to do this? You can just hear in the way I'm expressing it. Of course, it's going to hold you back. It has nothing to do with how. It's like the attitude. Oh God, I don't know how this is going to happen.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, it's just- I, yeah, and I think that that's exactly it. It's when when the how isn't an issue, we don't we don't even think about it. We just right. we just get down to it and do it. But with people coming into law of attraction teachings, people making the decision, learning about learning about deliberate creation. I always make a distinction there because law of attractions, like the law of gravity. It's always working. Right. Um, but when we want to use gravity for our purpose, when we want to use the law of attraction, then we're becoming deliberate about it. And at that point, we're, we're conscious of how it works and we want to be conscious creators or deliberate creators. And a lot of times we reach for something that we haven't been able to create yet we haven't been able it hasn't been a reality in our life and that's why we want to use uh conscious creation or magic right it's like magic wait so, okay i want to make this happen and we get into the how trouble there because if we knew how to do it we would have already done it <laughs> some <right>. other way <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> But exactly we don't know
1: how it's like i don't know how i'm going to make this happen um it's alignment first the yeah. hows will come
0: that's true that's very true it it also really shows and illustrates just how tricky words can be like for instance just the other day on facebook in an loa group i saw somebody asking about time limits and we talked about the time limit that i put on for the, the project or actually time limits that i put in for the for the book project and this person was asking well should i place a time limit and what should the time limit be and is it a good idea to do it or a bad idea and after a little mm-hmm. thought i, I answered With my answer, and my answer was essentially, it depends on how you feel about the time limit. If the time limit makes you feel energized, then great. Place the time limit because it'll help you just get juiced up so you can have that positive energy, the positive flow. Everything feels good. You're excited. You have high level of belief and confidence. Then great. Do that. But if placing the time limit feels like, oh, God, I'll never make it. How am I going to do that? then you've just defeated yourself. So don't put a time limit in that case. It depends on how you're feeling about whatever it is you're putting the time limit on.
2: That's
1: a really good point because I think that a lot of people try to use the law of attraction when they've got some kind of deadline that they don't think they can meet um, without using the law of attraction, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, like a little extra um, magic happening for them. And they have to get, and then what happens is there becomes an attachment to that timeline. Yes. Um, like just the energy that you were just speaking of. is like, oh, my goodness, I have to have this happen by this time. And so, yeah, follow the follow the feelings. And we get better and better at that, you know, at being With able practice. to recognize right away whether something's feeling good or whether something is feeling constricting. You know, um, there's a, a famous coach martha beck she has a coaching school one of the things that she talks about is the idea of she uses a phrase shackles on and shackles off oh nice and she that she uses it as a way of determining how something feels you know does this feel like shackles on or shackles off right is constricting or does this feel like freedom and yeah. so when we get used to kind of checking in with ourselves, we we can get really good at knowing how that feels. And I would say, you know, my personal, I, I, I want to agree with you really on that feeling because I, when you were talking about it, I was like, hmm, I always get a little nervous when people want to put a timeline <laughs> on a manifestation. But that's my thing. That's me being nervous.
2: Mm-hmm. Someone
1: else may feel really good like, oh, I feel so much better now that I set a deadline for, for this manifestation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right?
1: That might feel like a safety net to them or like a security thing or feel more comforting to them. And for someone else, it may feel like, you know, start tapping into fear and nervousness. So follow how you feel. It's always going to be like that with with any tool that you use. Uh, You have to follow how it's working for you. What works for someone else might not work well for, for the other person. But alignment's always going to be the key
0: this is right. This is very true. Alignment is it. And that's what I'm trying to do throughout my day. And I mean, it's what people are constantly really, it's what people are asking about. Um, in fact, that ties into our our topic for the day because the topic is uh, common questions that uh, coaches receive because you get questions that you receive and you ask a lot of questions when you are helping clients in in the the sessions that you do with them. Um And, and when we talked about that, you got kind of excited about it. So while I just pass it over to you for a moment, what are some of the questions that you ask and some of the questions that you receive that you found to be really intriguing in your in your practice?
1: Well, it's interesting thinking about <clears throat> questions um, because generally speaking, when someone comes to me, they're coming with with a, a situation, and it's not always a problem. I want to really stress that is that many times people hire coaches. Um, And it's not because they have some problem or some issue that they're they're struggling with and they can't fix. Now, that is the case sometimes. Um, But also, people hire coaches because they have an idea um, that they want to move forward with and they want support, because they want someone to brainstorm with, because they want um, accountability. That's a really big one. A Mm. lot of times, that's the reason why I hire coaches. Um, I I remember when we talked about the book project and I said to you, well, I like a deadline. Um, I like a deadline. Sometimes I will push something to the deadline, but I like it because it's a boundary for me. It says this has to be done by this date. Mm -hmm. And the very first coach I ever had, um, I hired this coach for, because I was not spending enough time doing things um, for enjoyment. Like creativity, artwork, um, and I wanted to make some art projects and I was always putting them to the back because I didn't plan on selling them, I didn't; they weren't part of my business and so they were the things that easily got pushed to the back of the list because there was what I, I've been heard it called the, the tyranny of the urgent, right?
2: <laughs> okay.
1: So I, I really want to do some knitting and I really want to work on this novel I'm writing and I really want to make a painting, but I need to do laundry and make dinner, and I have to be to work at 2 o'clock, and, right? So it's like the, the urgent things, which sometimes are not anything connected to any kind of legacy we're going to leave, right? <laughs> but they're the things that have to be taken care of right now. They're urgent, right? The cats need to be let out. Absolutely, like yeah. things are important. And so we push those things to the back. And so a lot of times people hire coaches for accountability, and I remember telling my first coach that. I remember my assignment from my coach was to create an art project that I had been putting off. And when do you think I was finishing up the art project? Like fifteen minutes before our call,
2: our <laughs> accountability call. Right? I told him I said I was.
1: <clears throat> it's finished. I said I yes. just felt like I was sliding into home plate.
2: <clears throat> That's funny.
1: <clears throat> but the thing was, is if I wouldn't have had that appointment with that coach there's a good chance i would have put it off another day oh, easily. so accountability yeah. is a really powerful thing to it's the you know i use social media sometimes for accountability right i will i will post somewhere or tell a group that i'm a leader of that i'm working on a certain thing and that i'm going to have it done by a certain date because once i've spoken it like that then there's a you know i'm gonna i'm gonna follow through with it so as far as questions go It's not always people coming to me with a question. But here's what's interesting. We were just talking about the hows, and that's often the question, Mm. right? The question is often someone that knows what they want, but they don't know how to get there. Okay. And so they're like, this is what I want. And that's my favorite question to ask a coaching client. It's the question that always gets asked, what do you want? Okay. And surprisingly, you know, some people know exactly what they want. And a lot of people say, I don't know. And my answer about that is always, you can't have what you want if you don't know what it is. And so I, I recently had a situation, not with a client, just with someone in conversation telling me about a situation, but that about a business deal that a business agreement that really went bad. And part of it, well, all of it, the reason why it didn't work out is because neither party was really clear about what they wanted.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: Right? And it's like, okay, I'll do this for you and you do this for me and this will be a good trade. And then it turns out, wait, but I thought... I wanted this, and you wanted that, and they weren't clear. Mm-hmm. And so getting clear about what we want is really important. It's important when we're just on our own deciding what we want, and it's important when we're working with other people. And so when people come to me and they're clear about what they want, we're already on a great start. And then mm-hmm. often they'll ask, okay, so what do we do next? How do we get there? And, well, I'm going to break. I'm watching the clock, and speaking of hows, we we need people to subscribe. We no. would like people to subscribe.
0: <laughs> that that
1: brings us happiness and joy. So tell them how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a very good idea. This is one time when the how actually feels good. So this is a good kind of how. And yes, yes. We, we want people to subscribe because we're finding that when somebody subscribes, they do listen to a lot of episodes. Um, last month, I believe the average was 22 episodes per unique listener to the show. On average, which means that there were some who only listened to one or two and others are listening to you know, like 40 or something like that. And that tells us that they're enjoying the show a lot because you don't keep listening to a show unless you really like it. Well, that means that the really thing, really the only thing that's lacking is just having more listeners because the more listeners there are going to be, that means they're going to be listening to more episodes and you know, the whole thing just starts to mushroom after a while. Um, so our biggest thing right now is to kind of get the word out. But certainly first, if you have not yet subscribed, please do so. And it's fairly easy to do these days. Um, there are a number of ways you can do it. You can go first of all to our website, loatoday.net and and right there on the homepage, you'll see a couple places to click that says, you know, click here to subscribe. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, particularly if you're on an iPhone, it'll be really easy because when you click that, it'll just uh, generate uh, an activity with some software and it'll just guide you through a step-by-step process that'll take you to the point where you can click a subscribe button on your phone. And that subscribe button will actually make sure that you're permanently subscribed. So really easy on an iPhone. On an Android phone, such as a Motorola or a Samsung or uh, a Nokia or one of the other, um, like a Google phone, any of the Android operating system phones, they usually do not come with built-in podcast software. So you click on like the link on the homepage of net and all it does is give you a bunch of code, and you say, well, what the heck is this? <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> so what you have to do is go to the Play Store, the Google Play Store, and download an app there that will handle podcasts. One of uh, our favorites to recommend is called, not surprisingly, Podcast Manager. It's a free app. You can just write, install it, no charge or anything. And uh, once you've installed it, then you open that app and do a search in the app, There's a little search thing there. Um, do a search for LOA Today and will pop right up. You can also do the same kind of thing on the iPhone besides going to our our homepage. You can also do it through the iTunes store. You can do a search on the way today there. So lots of ways to subscribe. Just make sure you do subscribe. That way you'll always have our episodes popping up on your phone and you'll know when they're available and you can just listen whenever it works throughout your day. Um, but we also do want to recommend to you, if you're enjoying this topic for us th- this topic today is a good one. What kinds of questions do people ask and what kinds of questions do coaches ask them when they're helping solve their problems? Um, if you're enjoying that topic, share it with some friends you know put on your uh your your, your facebook timeline or tweet about it or whatever and you know, because people are going to appreciate the fact that they are also getting this daily dose of happy it's something we're not really used to we're used to having all this negative entertainment out there so when people get something positive and they try it and they like it they're really appreciative of it so so do your friends a favor as well thanks for pointing that out cindy i appreciate that
2: <laughs> so
1: questions um I know I was, we were talking right before the call today about the idea of favorite questions, and right away I was going to, wait, I think I asked you, wait, are we talking about questions that clients are asking, the coaches are asking, because most of the time the coach is the one asking the questions, and so we can actually, when you know how some of these questions work, you can ask yourself these questions so a lot of times it's my favorite questions like I said my favorite question is always going to be what do you want but there's a follow-up question and that is what would having that thing give you mm. I think I've, I've talked about this before but it was a funny story It was actually I want to say I went to a, a year-long full-time coaching program with um, thousands of hours of of coaching education and so this was like the very first weekend, and so the the class was there, and there was actually a standalone weekend that some people could do, and we had people in that class that were, um, I know one of the team partners that I had in that class was a, an attorney, and he was only taking the first weekend of the course, not the entire year, because he just wanted to add some of these like mediation skills to his practice. Mm-hmm. So about half the class was there to just take this weekend workshop, and the rest of us were going to go ahead and go through the entire coach training. And so we were all excited because it was the beginning, right? We were there, and we were excited about what we were going to learn, and we were happy, and we were doing all these exercises. And they asked us, the instructors asked us, think of something that you really want, and then think of how you're going to feel once you get it. And they set a timer, and we had we had to write about this for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And we were the room was quiet. We were just all writing away, writing, writing, writing. And then they got finished, and they said, "What if we told you you could just feel like that now? (laughs) You don't have to wait to get that thing." And the whole class just kind of groaned, like, "Oh!" Oh. Like, "Oh, you tricked us!" (laughs) But the truth is, what they were talking about was what we're talking about when we talk about alignment
2: mhm it's yeah. like
1: so so that's part of my question when when i ask someone what they want and they tell me and then i follow it up with and what would having that give you and sometimes there's another question
2: by the way before what would having be, be,
1: that give you right? No, yeah, right what would have because we're digging down and what we're really digging for is we always think we want certain things because of how we think we will feel.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, maybe I think I want uh, more money, but maybe that's really because I want to have the freedom to do certain things, or maybe it's because having extra money would make me feel more secure, or maybe I really want extra money because... There are things that I want to do for my loved ones, and so I would be able to feel more generous, right? It's always attached to a feeling, and it's different for every person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so maybe I want a relationship, but maybe it's because I want someone to go do fun things with. You know, there's always a reason, and it, it's always attached to a feeling. And so when we talk about alignment, we're really talking about tapping into that feeling,
2: that's true. Like Neville
1: Goddard says, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Tap to that feeling. And so those questions that we ask a lot of times are because sometimes we're just chugging along with this thing that we want and we're really not paying attention to why or what we think it's going to give us.
0: It's interesting, um, too, that you mentioned these two main questions. What do you want and how will it make you feel? The reason I say it's interesting is just yesterday, um, I decided to follow up on something that I'd read in Abraham Hicks. Um, you, you see it often in the Abraham workshops and so forth. Um, they'll say, well, we get questions from people. I don't know what I want. What do I do? And they say, well, why don't you just ask for what you want? Because if you ask the universe, what, what is it that I want? You'll get an answer mm-hmm. back. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to try that because I, I've been feeling lately like I wasn't really clear on what I wanted anyway, and I wasn't really sure what to you know, focus on and and all that kind of stuff. So I decided to try it, and almost immediately, certainly within a very short period of time, I got an answer back that said, "Celebrate, celebrate the good stuff that's happening." And I thought to myself, "Yeah, that's true. I do <laughs> want that. I, I I hadn't realized it, but I do want to have lots and lots of good feeling every day, and I'm not getting as much as I could, and." I'm actually getting a lot of good news lately, you know, particularly with the book project, but also with, you know, the podcast that we're doing twice a day and so forth. I'm getting a lot of good news, and I'm not getting a lot of celebration out of it. I got to take the time to celebrate each time something good happens. And I, and I was thinking, I've got I know in my emails, I've got like 8 or 10 different emails from authors who are going to contribute to the book. And I'm sure every one of those is a is a good piece of news. So, I decided when I get to doing that, I'll be doing that right after the podcast, actually. I'm going to go through those. and As I read an email and I see it's a piece of good news, I'm going to do a little celebration on each one just to get my, my, my attitude and my mood up. So I thought that almost ties in directly to what you're talking about there because I got both of those questions answered at the same time.
1: And, you know, I'm glad you brought up celebration because that's another favorite question. When, when, a, when a client comes to me with a win, right, that's often the question I will ask them, how will you celebrate Mhm. Um because celebration is a basic human need. And we often don't pay attention to that. And I think it's so great that you actually asked, you know, your your higher self, your inner self, the universe, whatever. You you said what what is it that I want? And that's the answer that you got. Yeah. Um because it doesn't have to be elaborate, right?
0: It was one and word. We,
1: we think of celebrations and we think of putting together a big party. and right. It doesn't have to be elaborate and it doesn't have to be expensive. But when we celebrate, and this is, the, this is the, the juicy part for me, when we celebrate however we plan to do it, when we celebrate we are giving our subconscious mind the message that this thing we're celebrating was a yes.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right,
1: we're going thumbs up on that I like this experience we're celebrating it because we train our mind how to create by our responses to it mm. I mean this is why it's so important the story we're telling and we've talked about it before the stories that people tell that our subconscious mind which really makes most of the decisions for us it just says, okay, right?
2: Mm-hmm. It's like when
1: we say, oh, I, I'm terrible at remembering names. All right.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
1: It's like we, we're, we I remember somebody saying one time, I thought it was so powerful, and he was an expert in this kind of neurofunctioning, but he said, if you were to have somebody follow you around for a week and write down everything you said, and if, if they could write down even things you were thinking, you know, um, about yourself—that those top ten or so thoughts—they're like the software that's running your computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're running; it, those those ideas are running everything. Yep. And that's why it's so important when we catch ourselves in a kind of a negative feedback loop uh, that we need to break that cycle and do some kind something to interrupt the pattern. Well, when we celebrate. A win, even a small win, like you and I, when we get on the phone together in the morning for the podcast, that's the one thing we always talk about right away. Right. Right. What yeah. what what kind of win do we have? And today, it was like, the weather's warming up. So, yay! I mean, there was, <laughs> that's a little mini celebration. It is. I'm so excited. I'm feeling good. When we go through our life celebrating things that are wins for us, those things will happen more often because our our mind, our computer that we're programming there, we're telling it this is the good stuff. So make sure to celebrate. It's, it's really important. And that's a question I love to ask people. How will you celebrate? And sometimes it completely takes people out of the moment, and they're surprised by the question.
2: Well, it's
0: a good question. It's a really good question because so often, I I can't speak for other people, but I know speaking for myself, if I only allow my celebration to be this little mild celebration, I get through the day and I don't feel like I had any really good times during the day. I mean, that's how
2: important well, it that's is.
1: It. Even when people, even when clients come back to me with this huge win and a fantastic story, right? And or maybe they are coming in and they're saying, "Guess what? I just finally finished, you know, my last paperwork for my my degree, and I've been working on it for years, and it's done." and, and I'll say, how are you going to celebrate? And they'll be like, uh,
2: oh, I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't thought about
1: that. So <laughs> I always think it's interesting. Um, Go celebrate. Go do something. Take some action. Um And it doesn't have to be a really big deal. But sometimes I like to buy flowers um or eat a piece of chocolate or, you know, just it's something, it's an action that marks.
0: I, I think what what happens is celebration or the lack thereof becomes a habit, and what we're really needing yeah. is to develop a new habit that we didn't have before that we really need to have because once you have the habit of celebrating, I I suspect that's where – now, I can't say this from experience because I haven't been there yet, but but I suspect when you celebrate regularly and routinely, you get to the kind of goal I've been trying to reach to, which is to feel really great like throughout my day. And I'm thinking, well, what took me so long <laughs> – why, why did I not do this earlier, but right? we just we're just in this habit of not doing it.
1: I think that's right, I think, as a matter of fact, most of the things that are happening that are going on in our life, good or bad, you know however you want to categorize them, they're related somehow to habits
2: <laughs> oh yeah, we
1: really we are you know there's that phrase about being creatures of habit um we are, and so sometimes it's. I've actually heard that it's a really interesting thing to do to to shake up your routine a little bit. Um, in small ways, but like eat at a different restaurant than you usually go to, or take a different route when you're driving to work or to the grocery store or wherever you're going. Um, we all have like morning routines that we get into the habit of usually, and those things serve us really well because when things get automatic. We can get them done quicker, but sometimes it's good for our brain to shake those routines up and do things a little bit different than we normal normally do them for, uh, it creates some better patterns and for this kind of <laughs> thing brain.
0: it's it's not just good for the brain it's good for the heart it's good for the for the spirit for the psyche because mm-hmm. we need we need the juice that comes from feeling good we need it we, we do, i mean that's when you look at it at its core that's the motivation behind everything we're doing. We're trying to feel good. No matter what it is that we're doing, we're trying to feel good. And yet we don't let ourselves feel good. Wait a minute, something wrong with that equation.
1: (laughs) But isn't that true? Because we get a lot of mixed messages when we're growing up.
2: Oh, crazy. Um, And when we're adults, too. We get a lot of
1: mixed messages and we get a lot of messages that like the whole um, message of deserving something. Oh, yes. um, Which... I've spoken about that at length because I don't believe that the concept of deserving things um, serves us in any way. I agree. Um, Now, being worthy of things, we're worthy of of good things. Yes, we automatically are. Um, But deserving things, here's how it works against us to, to fall into that trap of thinking I deserve something. If we feel like we deserve something, and we don't get it, like, I worked so hard for that promotion, I deserve that promotion, and they gave it to someone else, right? Then we get angry about it, and we feel like we've been wronged. None of that is, is a place that we want to be aligned with.
0: Nope.
1: And on all. the other hand, if we receive something that we don't think we deserve, and this is probably, in, in life coaching, this is probably a thing that comes up a lot that may not be recognized, but people under the surface, because of whatever they've been believing about themselves, think if they think they don't deserve something and it comes their way, they'll get rid of it as fast as they can, without maybe not even consciously, um, because they don't really think that they deserve it. And so it's never serving us to have that belief system, we just need to know that we're worthy of the things we desire, <laughs> and not worry about whether we deserve it.
0: Yeah, deserving is definitely a lose. We get that lose from lose. the time
1: we're a kid, right? It's oh like, yeah. If you're good, <laughs> if you do well on your test, then you're going to get this, and if you're if you're good, but if you're not, then Santa's going to bring you a lump of coal.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And in fact, even as you're using the word "deserve" and talking about it. I, I can just feel it inside. It's like my my whole attitude in this inside just descends into a negative place. Like oh god, here we go with deserve again.
1: <laughs> right, right. And so it's funny because a lot sometimes people will use that word um, in way of trying to compliment someone or comfort them. So for instance, you know something happens that's not comfortable, and someone's trying to comfort you, and they say, "Well, you deserve better than that," right? Mm. Or you deserve to have everything you want in life. And I understand what they're saying. That's very What they're really saying yeah. is that I love you, and I think you're wonderful, and I want you to have good things. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I can, I can let that go if someone uses it in that way. Um, but it can really get into a sticky area with people when, when they're believing that they do or don't. You know, it raises, deserve a certain thing.
0: It raises a question, though, and it's a valid one, because there is such a negative thing associated with deserve. Even if we don't recognize it, it's still there. It's very negative, and it's very strong. So if you want to tell somebody um, you really deserve to have that and you're trying to do it lovingly, maybe we should come up with, like, a better wording, a better way of expressing the thought to them?
2: Sure.
1: I mean, I think, I think that it's what I said. It's basically we have to... Sometimes look past the words and recognize, you know, what they're really saying, right? And they're, they're really just expressing to us, um, their, their feeling of appreciation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So maybe it's more direct. Maybe we just need to say, I appreciate what you're doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, there's an interesting thought with, um, in, in nonviolent communication. About thanking someone. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the idea is to always thank someone in a way that you tell them what you're thankful for and what it was that you needed and how that met your need Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, oh, thank you. Um, Because it's a fuller expression. And, you know, we've talked before about being able to identify our feelings and emotions there there's the the four ones that most people recognize right away um glad, mad, sad, and scared
2: mm-hmm.
1: but really, I mean somewhere I had a list uh I have one on my computer, just list of hundreds and hundreds of words that describe emotions mm-hmm. and feelings, and when we can expand our emotional vocabulary, it helps so much for us to be in touch with um our feelings and be able to come into alignment. I mean, we're talking about being alignment with the law, you know, for the law of attraction to be able to y- be used deliberately. And so we want to be in touch with how we're feeling. And so in the, in the process of that, when we thank someone and we say, um, you know, why we're thankful for it because of what need it met in us. It's, um, it's an exercise that when you first start with that, it takes some thought and time to figure it out. And that's always a good thing because that tells you that you're learning something new and you're stretching a little bit. So just to say, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast every week. Um, it, it's, it's a stretch to say, okay, what need is that meeting for me? Mm. Right? Yeah. And why does it feel good to me? So it's like, Well, I really want to thank you for having me on the podcast every week because I have a need for connection and to be able to express my values and have conversations with people that are like-minded. And so this is really doing it for me. It's awesome. It's a great experience. Now, as you're saying that,
0: and and I know you were giving that as an example, but I also know that you mean it. As you were saying that, something really interesting happened. You said the thank you, and that just was like normal thank you, and then you described the rest of it, how about your need for connection and so forth, and this feeling started to fill me up, a feeling that was not associated with the first thank you. So apparently it's not just for yourself. It's also for the person that you're thanking. You're both getting the benefit out of it.
1: Right. It's it's a wonderful process, and it's all about – connecting on a deeper level and it really works i mean it there there is something to it and so that and that's part of it is so i want to <laughs> encourage everyone listening it's like today when you, the next time you go to thank someone for something um dig a little deeper and let them know why you're thankful um by telling them how you feel and which i didn't do so um I don't. I think I I, I talked about the needs I have, but not really the feelings. So, you know, throw that in there as well. So, thanks for having me on the podcast every week because I feel so happy when we have these calls together. I have a need for connection and for communication and community with like-minded people, and this just hits so many of those spots for me. Um, so, thank you. Wow! Isn't it a much powerful? I mean, it's
0: <laughs> I mean, as you're saying that, literally, without any conscious intention, a big smile started to hit my face. Like, whoa, that feels really good. <laughs> so you're welcome. Yeah. You're very welcome. I love this. This is great. Thank you so much for even saying it. <laughs> you just made me feel fantastic. Like, whoa, what a feeling that was.
1: Whew. So, but, so when you think about our our topic of like questions, favorite questions. And, like I said, these are questions that people ask me as a coach, and questions that I ask people powerful questions that we that we ask. You can ask these of yourself, and that's sort of what we just did in that process because I had to ask myself, "Wait, okay, how do I feel, and what need is this meeting?" Mm. Um, and so, when we start to do that, it just opens up so much energy flow um and It's a powerful thing and it's a powerful point of connection so if you want to really connect to people um, that's one of the things that you can do and you you notice that in that process you're asking you're asking questions um you're you're asking them of yourself right
0: oh yeah yeah in fact as you were doing that as you as you were doing that exercise and, and we were finishing it up and i was feeling the feeling I felt and still feel this overwhelming tendency, this overwhelming desire to return it in kind. So I just want to tell you right now, thank you for being a co-host because when when I have a co-host, first of all, it makes it so much easier to do a podcast. When you're doing it with somebody else, it's so much easier than doing it solo, like a, a million times easier. And even more importantly, I learn stuff. I mean, I have five of you that I work with. There's you, there's Wendy, there's um, David, there's... Uh, Joel and there's Tom and and all five of you bring different energies and different approaches and so forth and I learned so much from you so I, I get the double I don't want to call it a whammy because it's a good thing a, a, <laughs> a double dose of of good feeling that happens because of all that going on and it's like whoa that just feels incredible and every single day it's different but every single day it feels incredible in a different way um, I mean you mentioned earlier about how it, uh, important it is to have emotionally laden words and you have lists of, of hundreds of words that have emotional context to them. I remember very early in my own uh, development as a deliberate creator, you know, experimenting with the law of attraction. I remember realizing that I had lots and lots and lots of negative adjectives and I had very few positives. And I was saying, where's all the positive adjectives in the English language? It's like, there's this big gap there. <laughs> Where did they all go? There, there's got to be more, and yet I couldn't find them. Now I have found more over time, but wow, that really just amazed me how how few of them there are. So to have something like what we're describing here, this whole energy exchange thing of you know not just saying thank you, but but saying why and and how it makes you feel and so forth. Oh, you just filled in a whole lot of gaps for me just with the, with the wording, let alone everything else. <laughs>
1: So thank you. Well, the thing to remember is that, and this goes back to, you know, we were talking about celebration and celebration being a basic human need. It's so simple when we remember that our feelings and emotions, when they feel good, when they feel comfortable and pleasurable, then it's because some need we have is being met.
2: Mm.
1: And when they feel uncomfortable or painful even, then there's a need we have that's not being met. And so when we go back to that, I mean, that's another line of questioning, right, that I love to to work with people, especially when people show up for a session. And now, here's one of my favorite questions, uh, and it doesn't happen very often at all, and I'm really thankful because it doesn't, uh, I don't feel good when my clients are in pain. so. I don't have it happen often, but occasionally when someone comes to the call, it may not even be a client, you know, it may be a friend calling or a relative, but when someone comes to me and they are what we typically might call having a meltdown, (laughs) when they're frantic and they're, you know, upset and, you know, that's the best way I can put it. Everybody knows what that means, right? It's like somebody's just having a meltdown. Okay, when someone comes to me that, that's having that one of the one of the questions that i may ask them is how are you sleeping and they almost 100 percent of the time will say they're not sleeping well sure and you know that's a really basic human need right if if it, it's got to be in the top five when you talk about basic human needs we need feet we need food we need air to breathe <laughs> we need sleep
2: yes yes um,
1: and so when people aren't sleeping well It can show up like that. And so when we take our basic human needs into account and we learn what they are, there's those basic ones that we just talked about, but there's also needs like community and connection and celebration and contribution. You know, I have a basic human need to be able to contribute, to contribute to society. And so that's another place where this podcast um, meets a need of mine, my need to contribute my knowledge, um, my support. And so when we get really familiar with our needs and when someone comes to me and says, this is going on and I really don't, I'm not happy about this at all, I feel super frustrated about this situation, that's the first place I go, is let's talk about what needs you have that aren't being met. Because that's always the connection.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't think we realize most of the time in a conscious way that our needs are or are not being met. I think we recognize it emotionally and, again, not consciously and usually in the form of, I don't feel good. But that's about the extent Right, right, of it, right.
1: right. And <laughs> here's what's funny. When, you, um, when my kids were teenagers um, and they had gotten to the age where they were old enough to be – the, the counselors, like at summer camp, mm-hmm. one of the things that they would learn is that when little kids that they were the counselors for, so we're talking about, you know, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old. Right. When they were homesick, um, they would often say, my tummy hurts.
2: Hmm, yeah. And.
1: When when what they really wanted was they, they were just feeling homesick.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's
1: the mm-hmm. way they would probably actually feel it and express it. Sure. And so what I, what I often say is that the adult version of that is I'm tired.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, sure. Like
1: a lot of times when people are acting a certain way and they're clearly uncomfortable and maybe they're lashing out and maybe they're, grumpy or grouchy and something's bothering them and it's like is everything okay i'm just tired Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the truth is sometimes that yes they might actually be tired like that little child actually had the stomach ache but there's something else going on Mm. also that's compounding the problem and it's showing up as a bad mood right i mean that's the easiest way to put it showing up as grumpiness and really what it is is that there's some need they have that they're not getting met. And I, I want to be quick to point out that um, sometimes when you ask someone what need they think they have that's not being met, they connect it to someone else. Well, you know, well my, my boss needs to do this, or I need my, I need my husband to do that, and yeah, right. that's never the answer. Right. It's that if you think you need someone else to do something, we're not on the right track because mm. we're all responsible for getting our own needs met. It's not on someone else. And it's a place of power, like we talked about yesterday, to step up and and be responsible for getting your own needs met. But the truth is that sometimes, like you just said, we we just don't even know what they are. We just go, I don't feel good.
0: In fact, sometimes we also just deny it. Sometimes, uh, I mean, we don't just say, I'm tired. We say, I'm just tired. Like, this is dismissible. Don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. The thing is, is that if we'll take a moment to get quiet and ask ourselves, what need we have and get familiar with with our needs sometimes just figuring that out is enough to change everything
0: sometimes it's. i've it, had that it, happen i've had too.
1: the aha moment of oh like sure. oh that's what i'm needing and that which I'm is not great getting. when that happens and like yeah it's like it's amazing so that's the question you can ask yourself you know is the first one's always what do I want, mm. and what do mm. I think that will give me once I have it
2: It's also then, something
0: where where if you're if you're trying to ask yourself what the problem is sometimes you can't find the answer easily, and when when you're in that place when it doesn't when the answer doesn't come easily well well, then what do you do?
1: then you hire a coach
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go
1: yeah <laughs> I say that I say that, but in all seriousness, um part of a coach's job is that. There's a different perspective, you know. When we talk about thinking outside of the box,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: well, sometimes we're all in our own box. True. And and we're looking at things in a way that we we can't look at them from a different perspective because that's the only perspective we have. And getting the perspective of someone else that's not in that box with you is powerful. So the questions that a coach is that a coach may ask. Um aren't questions you would come up with on your own because you're in your own you know one of the things they teach coaches is uh, don't get in the box with your client.
0: Yeah, I could see that would be a problem because if you're in the same box, you' you got the same problem they do you, and you're you're just as stuck without with, with even less information because they're the ones who has the information, not you.
1: <laughs> right? And so always it's a perspective that's just coming from a different place. And so you know that's what coaches do. We help people when they're feeling stuck. Um, it's one of the things that we do, mm-hmm. uh, but you can you can get a you can get a good um, you can get some good progress on your own by just figuring out getting clarity about what you want, um, and as clear as you can be. The clearer you can be about what you want, then get into alignment with that thing. Assume the feeling of that thing being fulfilled already. Uh, boy, you're on your way at that point.
0: And since we're talking about questions, both that the coach asks and that the client can ask, and we've only got a couple of minutes left, why don't we conclude with just some basic ideas of if you're looking for a coach, what do you look for? I mean, how do you decide who you're going to hire? Because there's lots of coaches out there, right? But
1: there are a lot of coaches. How do you decide? And and most of us coaches um, will offer a quick phone call um, to to get acquainted and to see what you're looking for in a coach and to see if that's the coach for you. I do that with people all the time. Um, People will schedule a phone call with me, and it's just a phone call to connect and see if I can help them with what they need and if we feel like we have a good rapport with each other, a good fit with each other. Um, when When you can tell a coach what you're looking for, um hopefully most coaches are going to you know know whether that's something they can help you with and it i'm i realize i'm not the coach for everyone and i've told people before um that that's not something that i that i work with right or hey that's my specialty i know i can help you with this so you know a lot of coaches also um have podcasts or have blogs or have um information that they can give you to tell them uh, tell you a little bit about themselves uh, so that you can get an idea of, of how comfortable you feel. And once again, how do you know? You listen to how you feel. So when You you're... listen to whether you feel like you're in alignment with that person. I'm not just coaches, really, with anybody that you're going to to hire for support, right? Um, so you,
2: you mentioned that, that you've
0: actually gone to coaching you They went to
1: meet a doctor for the first time said, yeah. oh, my gosh, This I just this person was just a fit for me right off the bat, or maybe the opposite. Like, yeah, I don't want to make an appointment there,
2: right? So so, So so,
1: follow your gut.
2: (laughs) So,
0: so when you've gone to a coach yourself, and you said that that there've been times when you went to a coach yourself, is that the criteria you used, or was it just your gut, or were you looking for something? What were you doing?
1: A lot of times, the coaches that I've hired have been people that I've known or have researched to see. Where they stand on certain issues, um, like certainly, personally, I wouldn't probably hire a coach that did not believe in the law of attraction.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Right. If a coach, if if a coach was very vocal about, oh yeah, I don't believe in all that, that silly stuff. Well, they're not going to be a fit for me because that's what I believe,
2: okay, right? Right. Um,
1: and so, so if I hear a coach and I find out about them and and listen to them and realize, oh, they're really an expert at the law of attraction, well, then they're going to be a better fit for me. Uh, but, yeah, I always use um, I always use a sense of, does this feel right? Does well, I'm going to cut you easy? off there
0: because we're actually running out of time, and I want to make sure you get the message in. So if somebody needs you for coaching, they want to have that free session to find out if you're a good fit, how do they reach you?
1: Uh, they can find me on the web at CindyChevez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z.com.
0: That's simple enough. Cindy, this has been a really good one. Thanks for doing it, and I look forward to uh, talking with you next Tuesday.
1: I will be there.
0: All right, I'll be there, too. We hope you are as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye, everyone.